Right. Let's turn to the next part of today's brunch, and that is a bit of trash talk. Every week on Trash Talk, Marcy Trent Long interviews some of the movers and shakers in the sustainability field. And this week, she chats with Alfred Weston, the general manager of New Life Plastics. And he joins us to talk about and to give us a better understanding of what's happening with Hong Kong's biggest and most ambitious plastic recycling project. favorite topic today on the show, plastic recycling. In an effort to get a grip on what's happening to PET and HDPE recycling, I've invited Alfred Weston, Alfie, the general manager of New Life Plastics, to join us today on Trash Talk to better understand what's happening with Hong Kong's biggest and most ambitious plastic recycling project. So welcome to the show, Alfred. Thank you, Marcy. I hear you have good news for us. Yes, we do. We have um, the exciting news that the plant has reopened um, as of the start of this month. And uh, we have been busy getting through plastic bottles. Uh, we've already processed 25 tonnes, which all came from the Drink Without Waste initiative in Tinshiwai, collected over the last six months whilst we've been closed. That's great. So we are back to buying as much uh, plastic as we can get our hands on. All right. So a man looking for plastic. We like that, to recycle. <laughs> it's like you don't hear that ever, that often. I wanted to start our conversation today by reading out a little bit of New Life's vision because it's pretty impressive and not like any plastic recycling plant. So the vision of New Life Plastics is to be the catalyst for change in the plastic bottle circular economy in Hong Kong. So not just you know, give me your PET, give me your HTPE. Maybe there's a little bit more to that? Yes. uh, Well, unashamedly lofty ambitions, I think. (laughs) Uh, uh, We want to be a catalyst for change, and I think that really uh, needs to be considered in the context of where we're at. Uh, Recycling in Hong Kong is very low in general, particularly low in terms of um, plastic beverage bottles. So we acknowledge that uh, in many ways we're early to the game to have a plant in Hong Kong and we need to do a lot in order to drive change. The, um, the circular economy is really central to the way that we want to operate um, and we can talk a bit more about Drink Without Waste um, if you like, but uh, part of that working group has really... Um, looked at how we recycle, and really in, a key part of that is to be um, to have a circular economy with plastic beverage bottles, and that's something that really is an aspiration. Uh, we can close the loop, which we have done, so we produce um, flakes which have been sold back to Swaco Cola in Hong Kong. Um, but the the circular economy to us is really about continuously changing, reducing waste, and um, it's sort of an ongoing, continuous aspiration and challenge. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, it, you know, and it's not all about you, right? So we're the community, the government, we're all supposed to create these methods by which to get plastic PET and HDPE to you, right? So, so I don't think it's just about that, but maybe you could talk about some of the milestones that you'll need to stay open. So now we've got you open What do we need to do to keep you open? Well, we really need to drive recycling in Hong Kong. Uh, And right now, to put it in context, uh, the recollection rate for 
PET plastic bottles is about 10 to 15 percent. Really, Hong Kong uh, to be on a par with other developed countries in the region like Taiwan, Korea, Japan should be aspiring to get up towards 80, 90 percent wow, recycling rates. That's that's a big difference. It's a big difference uh, and a long journey. And that is what the plant is designed for, really, is that type of recycling rate. Exactly. Yeah. So we, we need a lot of feedstock. We have the capacity to handle about 50 percent of the plastic beverages consumed in Hong Kong at the moment. Mm. Um, to give you some numbers, about 4 million plastic bottles are consumed every day in Hong Kong. Wow. Over half of that is water. And wow. We, that just surprises we, me. You know, do you know if those numbers have been going down? No, no. Uh, they, there's, no, they, they haven't. Uh, I think there's no sign that plastic beverage numbers are going to go down in the near future. So we really need to work with the challenge of finding a way of recycling them uh, and and ideally reusing them to mean that plastic beverage bottles are made from recycled beverage bottles. So that's a key part of the circular economy. Yeah, exactly. So do you think, what do you think about the waste charging scheme and the impact on that next April? Are you, are you optimistic or do you think that um, it's not going to be enough? I think it's a good start. It's definitely badly needed. It's been on the agenda yeah, for oh a very long time. Yeah, 20 years. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I think it's, it, it is just a start. The key part for us is um, what happens between that first mile and our plant. And re realistically, MSW is, um, isn't going to um, drive up very fine recycling. It's not going to get uh, people, uh, many people going to green stores or RVMs to no, deposit individual It's not going to change that kind of thing. It's just not the incentive it? there. It's, it's a fairly small cost saving when you look at it on the individual bottle level. So I think what's going to happen is you're going to end up with a lot more recyclables, uh, a lot more pressure for the government and property managers to provide recycling if we're being charged for landfill. But the reality is it's poor quality. And the real challenge for us as a plant is what happens between that first mile step and getting clean bottles into the plant. Mm. And we need bottles to be um, sorted, bailed and then delivered to the, to the plant at a very high quality. And that missing link between us and the first mile, I think is going to be the key challenge, especially once MSW comes out. Yeah, you you mentioned that um, you're doing a pilot program also in Taiwan with bottle to bottle recycling. And I know Taiwan is the world's center really for clean plastics because their recycling is so good there. What do you think we need to do here to get to that? So I think the the two key aspects are firstly legislation, uh, and that's where the PPRS is really key. Uh, and the second is education. And the really encouraging thing about Taiwan is that it's managed to completely transform its recycling in the space of 30 to 40 years. So if you talk to people in Taiwan, they say, well, we were where you are in, in Hong Kong uh, 30 years ago. It's a journey. Um, 30 years is a long time. 30 years is a long time. But <laughs> I, I think we're on the cusp of change in Hong Kong. Um, and and if you look at the changes coming in Hong Kong with MSW charging, with the PPRS hopefully coming out in 2025, 
I think you can start to look at some pretty dramatic changes in terms of PET recycling. Um, and we mentioned 10 to 15% being the current recycling rate. Uh, in the first year of the PPRS, uh, they're looking at 40 plus percent collection rate, uh, gradually increasing. Um, and so it's not impossible to imagine that in 2025, you have a recycling rate of of 40% in oh, Hong Kong, up from 10 to 15%, which is pretty dramatic change. At the same time, you have the beverage producers uh, using more and more recycled PET in their bottles. So it's possible that you have in 2025, uh, perhaps a 25 plus percent content of recycled plastic in all of the bottles that we drink. Um, Twenty thirty, it's it's feasible that you get up to fifty plus percent uh, uh, content of our pet in in beverage bottles, and at that point, collection could be at seventy eighty percent. So a pretty dramatic change in the space of what seven eight years. Yeah, let's hope, right? What part of the producer responsibility law, the PPRS, right, yeah. would then would you see being beneficial for creating that? input for you that collection is it like a deposit scheme or is it it's somewhere mandated you know what uh so there is a mandate on the producers so it's a producers pays principle so um, producers in hong kong will have a requirement to collect a certain number of bottles depending on how much they're selling in hong kong so that's the really key obligation that your producers are suddenly going to have to start looking at collection either by themselves or through uh, an operator scheme, what, what, what oh, would be termed scheme operators. So I think that's, that's the first key step. You will also have a, a levy attached to every bottle that is purchased to mean that consumers will have a return when they return their bottles. And at the moment, people are talking of, about that being around 10 cents per bottle, which means you start to change, change the way people think about plastic bottles. Right now, there's a, essentially no value attached to a plastic bottle. So unlike aluminium cans, where you have a, a commercial value to every can that drives recycling, really there's no incentive for the average individual or um, aggregators to bother collecting it piles of bottles right so it should change that behavior as well and i think the two working hand in hand will hopefully hopefully Cross fingers. Uh, drive up the collection rate <laughs> make you a busy man at your plant exactly is which thing. is what we like yeah being busy is good <laughs> all right so i uh, so let's get into some technical details of questions things like so is it true that you recycle the lids and labels of the pet bottles and is that hard? So yes, we do. We recycle the, the the lids and caps are HDP. So that's your number two type plastic. They don't go back into food grade uh, applications, but they get reused um, uh, in uh, as HDP. They're sold as um, we sell them as flakes to. Okay. To, right. So the PET bottle actually has an HDPE cap. Exactly, yeah. They okay, all have HDPE caps and rings. And since you can process both, yeah. that's perfect for you. Exactly, yeah. 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 Uh, labels are much more challenging. And the real challenge in Hong Kong is the number of labels that have PVC, are made from PVC, which means that firstly, we have to be very vigilant about getting labels off bottles, which in itself is a wasteful process. Um, 
and the second is what we can use them for um, and we're looking at options there uh, one one main one would be incineration which is not ideal but at least you're using the the label to generate electricity um, rather than going to landfill right in a waste energy so well maybe the producer you know act or <clears throat> once that's in place and producers realize they've got to recycle things, they'll stop using the PVC labels, right? Mm -hmm. Some places in the world, you're not even allowed to use them. I don't think they use them in Taiwan. No, no, no. A lot They're, of countries have completely banned PVC. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So you can't yeah. even import them, which yeah. would be wonderful. Um, what is on your wish list for 2024? You know, besides the average, you know, scarf or new necktie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for the plants this is uh, so I think what the, the key thing is um, we've talked about volume but also quality of bales that come to come to NLP so I'd love it if there was a better link between that first mile and our plant and if the government were to set up a sourcing facility or a MRF that would be absolutely ideal and um, I think it's probably very wishful thinking. Uh, in the absence of that, I think you need to have initiatives in place, which mean that your commercial recyclers are incentivized to take the um, collected bottles and sort them and bale them. And we've got to be realistic. That involves a bit of investment. Um, to do it on scale, you need, uh, you need conveyor belts, you need a baler, and given the cost of labor in Hong Kong, you need optical sorters. So I think that would be my number one wish is to right. have a really efficient process. Um, and I don't want to be too picky, but uh, <laughs> I, I also think there's some uh, improvements that could be made to bottles and the way that bottles are produced uh, that makes our life easier at the point that they come to the plant. So I want, even once you've got a bottle at the plant, there's a big difference between your Bon Aqua labelless bottles, which can go straight through the plant, uh, and bottles that might be coloured PET, have PVC labels, or might might be multi-layered, which is a real pain for the quality of our recycling. Okay, so Trash Talkers, let's let Alfie have one wish for 2024, which is don't buy PET or HDPE if you can, HDPE is harder, that aren't clear and that have these PVC labels, which is just a loose label. It, they let them just print it right on the bottles. I'll give you that one. I'll do that for you next year. <laughs> and then if you could deliver all your bottles to the right places, that okay. would be great. But Fine. perhaps I'm asking too much. <laughs> I don't use that many plastic <laughs> bottles, so... That, that's a, probably the most sensible thing You get a little cart from me every year. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, thank you so much. I'm so glad you've reopened. That's great news. And maybe we'll have you on again soon to update us. Great. Thank you very much for having me. All right. Thank you.